Hello and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we are talking about The Wrong Trousers, the 1993 stop-motion animated short film featuring the classic characters Wallace and Gromit. Yep. This is our post-Halloween era, post-horror movie month palate cleanser. Yet still, oddly, this is kind of an old school suspense film in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. And we we decided to do this because what what is like we did Barbarian last week and this is, you know, not (laughs) very thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Could you picture these two characters in Barbarian, would that make it just a pure comedy? Would it, could you even do horror with like a Wallace type and a dog? Well, wh- that was my question. Which two? Is it Feathers and Gromit or Feathers and Wallace or Wallace and Gromit? I don't even know how they factor in. Maybe we should save that for fan fiction. Oh, good point. <laughs> I, 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 we would really just be figuring it out because yeah. I have no I have no clue. I don't think it would work very well. But yeah, so Wallace and Gromit. My history with them are is, uh, you know, I texted my parents about this because I was like, hey, when did you introduce me to the wrong trousers? Because that was the first Wallace and Gromit thing I saw and they did not respond to me. So I'm just going to be guessing. (laughs) They they ghosted me, I guess. Um, I'm going to guess that I probably saw this when I was like, somewhere around six seven years old okay yeah and i don't remember why or like how they found it or how they got into it maybe it was being it was airing on tv or something it wouldn't surprise me if it was like channel 11 or something pbs how old would we have been in 94 95 we would have been like five five six yeah six seven eight somewhere thereabouts i mean (laughs) You know, the range of no. one to nine. No, no. Unless your birthday is, unless you were born in 1986, which would be complete news to me. <laughs> that would be totally news to me. Yeah. So why don't we just go with the range that I provided? Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I I thought this was so, so charming. I watched this so much. My brothers and I quote it all the time. I ended up seeing the other two. I think the first one was called The Grand Day Out. That was the one where they land on the moon, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then we saw a close shave some point after. But none of of the other things I saw, and and, and I've seen, like, you know, Curse of the Were-Rabbit and, um, shoot, there was, like, a a Matter of Loaf and Death. I think that was, like, the, the other short film that came out shortly after that. I, I You know, I'm not, like, a big... Um, What's that? What's it? Um, Ardman animation head. You know, I'm not like not checking out every, everything. I mean, I enjoyed Chicken Run. I, you know, I, I saw the Way Rabbit movie, but to me, like this, this, this one short film just kind of stands on its own to me. Like, I don't need the others. I, I find them entertaining. Um, and I actually kind of prefer it in short film form rather than like the feature length. Although I do think Curse of the Way Rabbit is good. But yeah, you know, I, 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 this is just a really great short film as we'll we'll talk about and i've i've seen it a lot throughout my life since i was a a wee lad yeah we were talking uh earlier about how this has sort of a timeless quality to it um that you know 
I watched it for the first time when I was probably around the same age, probably like seven, eight, nine. I remember this was the kind of thing that um, teachers would put on, say, the day mm. before winter break, uh, when it was just, hey, we're going to watch a movie, something low impact, something to keep the kids entertained, but also the teacher entertained. So I remember being exposed to Wallace and Gromit absolutely in elementary school for that reason. Okay. Um, watched all those, Close Shave, Grand Day Out, um, this one, The Wrong Trousers. And I remember bits and pieces of all of them, but as soon as I sat down and re started rewatching The Wrong Trousers, all the puzzle pieces kind of clicked back into place for me and I was yeah. right back there. And it, it holds up. I enjoyed it when I was like seven, eight, nine. I enjoy it now in my mid thirties and it does not feel like a dated product to me. Absolutely. And you talking about how like, this is the type of thing that teachers would put on before like winter break. We should maybe do an episode on things like that. I mean, we'd have to probably talk about like what kind of things we were exposed to along those lines. I mean, I remember like watching David Copperfield, like for a second time or something in grade school because the teacher didn't want to teach. And that's how I saw like, uh, my dog Skip. I saw it. Uh, David oh, Moore. really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I saw that one. Did you ever watch Voyage of the Mimi? I remember the Voyage of the Mimi existing, but no, I never watched it. Ben Affleck is in it, like a kid, Ben Affleck. It's crazy. That wasn't like a teacher doesn't want to teach type thing. That was more of like an educational series, as I remember. I va yeah, I vaguely remember that. He says, like, I'm Ben Affleck and we're going to the Mayans or whatever. <laughs> <Does Mayans. he? laughs> I don't even remember him saying his own name. <laughs> Maybe <he is. laughs> I'm Ben Affleck and I'm taking over this ship. Um anyway, so this was directed by Nick Park. He is a British animator and the creator of Wallace and Grummet. He also created, as I mentioned before, Chicken Run and Shaun the Sheep. I have not seen any Shaun the Sheep anything, but you can. it's really easy to recognize something animated um, by this yeah. animation company and maybe directed by Nick Park. I, I was about to go into what I think the signatures are, but I wasn't really prepared to do that. I think the eyes are probably the first thing I'd notice. Um, I think... Yeah, they're very basic shapes. Um, it's almost claymation characters like you're, you know, a little kid could do um, with like big eyes and kind of yeah. um, like over exaggerated limbs. Uh, right. But yeah, I, what else would you say about it? I there, I pay a very uh, particular attention to the brow, like uh -oh. or like when their eye when their 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 emotions are not like emphasized with like eyebrow raises like it's, it's quite literally like their their single brow which kind of overhangs over their eyes and it kind of uh, just moves you know especially for the nonverbal characters the eye the eyebrow exactly there's yeah. there's some great uh animation brow animation for for grummet it is it's pretty essential yeah yeah and yeah, this was really well received and for good reason, because it's really good. Uh, <laughs> it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film in 1994. And I think the uh, Grand Day Out might have been also nominated for a uh, Academy Award the year prior, but it lost to another movie directed by the same guy or created by the same animation company. Oh, well, that's so they just so cleaned up two years in a row yeah. yeah um i have a little bit further down but it should probably go here uh it was voted the 18th best british tv show by the british film institute um and i believe that's of all time and huh. it had an approval rating of 100 percent on rotten tomatoes with an average score of 9.1 out of 10 good 
Uh, so, I mean, yeah, good. This is this is very solidly earned, I would say. It's one of those things where, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be anybody's favorite thing ever. But if I met someone who was like, that sucked, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine it. You know I what? Yeah. There's only someone who hates fun. There's only one other thing that we've done that I feel that way about, and that's how the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh, agreed. This is not, I mean, this is very, very delightful, I will say. I, I'll just give it, give it away now. I really love this. And yeah, same. Too. Um, but this is not quite Grinch level to me. It's close. It's so very close, but mm-hmm. it's not quite the level I, of the Grinch. I think I put it on the same tier. Um but I, but I, I totally understand you saying that. But like, but you totally agree with me, right? That this is like, if if some you approach someone and you're like, hey, can you you have half an hour to to watch this? And they're like, yeah, okay. And then they watch it and then they come back to you and they're like, yeah, I really wasn't into it. It kind of like, and, and actually, okay, let me take that back. If they're not into it, like just kind of like not really feeling it. You know, maybe animation isn't for them. Fine. But if they're like, this sucked. This is bad. It would be like someone actively telling you, I don't enjoy charming, delightful things. Yeah, I don't enjoy being happy. <laughs> I, I hate being happy. I hate happy. I don't want to watch things that make me happy. Yeah. 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 So tell us uh, about Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit. So Wallace, voided by, or I'm sorry, voiced by Peter Salas. Voided. <laughs> voided, yes. Null and void of poor, poor Wallace and Peter Salas. Um, until Peter Salas' death. Uh, what else has Peter Salas been in that I might know? Um, great question. <laughs> I well, I mean, okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, I'm just acknowledging a great question when I when I hear one. Um, gotcha. Let me let me look it up in real time. Okay, so he was in the British, uh, the Avengers, that like spy oh, espionage okay. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has been in Doctor Who. I I'm sure every British actor ever. It's kind of a rite of passage. Um, I I'm just like scrolling through and I really do not see anything else. I mean, at least not no movies. I recognize him. He's that's such a familiar name. Maybe I just know that name from, from this. Maybe. Um, But anyway, yeah, I don't, um, I don't really see things he's been in or I, I haven't seen anything. So, I mean, the Avengers is kind of a cult hit. I mean, yeah, TV, but yeah, um, he is an inventor. Uh, he loves cheese and crackers, especially Wensleydale. Right. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. And I don't think I'd ever heard of Wensleydale until I saw this. But then again, I was just like a wee lad. So maybe I wouldn't have anyway. But is that a real cheese? It is. It is. OK. Yeah. Well, I definitely need to try some. You should. It is. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like a. It's a dry, or not dry. It's like a harder cheese. Like a. I don't know. Actually, wait. Is it? Is it? Wensleydale is not like a specific. Like, there are different types of them. It's like a style of cheese. Gotcha. Like champagne. Like, y- yes. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Wallace is always wearing a white button down and a green knitted pullover with a red tie. Even if you've never seen Wallace and Gromit, I'm sure at some point in your life you have seen Wallace. He has uh, no oh, hair, yeah. um, and he has a big old mouth with a, a lot big of old sideways grin. Big or, old sideways grin. Yeah, uh, very English teeth, we might say. Yeah, he's he's very funny looking, and <laughs> maybe I'm offending the Brits by saying that, but I think it's intentional. He's very exaggerated and very yeah. funny looking. 
we have Gromit, who is his loyal dog. I was not aware that Gromit was supposed to be a beagle, but looking at him, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. He has long, floppy brown ears, and his body is kind of lower to the ground and kind of a light tan. It's not like dead on, but you can it's, see it. You can see it. Yeah. Um, Gromit's very smart. Uh, if Wallace and Gromit are a comedy duo, which we would argue they are, uh, Gromit's very much the straight man. Yes. Uh, Wallace is kind of the outsized kooky one. Uh, Gromit is very classy. He loves knitting, playing chess, reading, tea, cooking, philosophy, all those different kinds of things. Oh, yeah. He's reading a book by Plato at some point, right? No, he's reading it's it's instead of uh, it's the Republic by Pluto. He's reading. Oh, Pluto. Not Plato. <laughs> yeah, which I like. There's yeah. so many little like puns and in jokes uh, in this. It's just it's really delightful. Yeah. Um, and then we have a character called Feathers McGraw. Should we um, wait on Feathers? Yeah. Well, we'll just say that he loves Calliope music. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you that I don't. I did not know that that was the name of this character until when I was an adult. I did not know that was the name of the character. I, I don't, I don't, maybe I never watched the credits or I read anything. I just, when I remember finding out that the character's name was Feathers McGraw, I was like, what? There's only one shot that would tell you that. And if you're a kid, you might be looking at other things. So I, I get that. Well, I'm an adult. I've, I've seen this. <laughs> well, I've watched this today and I've also seen it many, many, many times. And I don't think I've ever noticed it in the movie. Well, I was so. trying to give you an out and you did not take it. Well, I got to admit my own shortcomings. Fair enough. I can't enough. just pretend I'm better than I am. Fair enough. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right. Uh, shall we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so we open with a shot of rocket ships on the wall, uh, which is a reference to another Wallace and Gromit one. Grand day out is where they go to the moon. Is that yep. right? Yep. Yep. Uh, before a pan over to a picture of Wallace and Gromit together. Um, and then the title card pops in, but very much like an old school kind of horror movie. It's exaggerated yeah. and in these black shadows and we get like a of lightning, um, and the wrong trousers. So Gromit is at breakfast and it is his birthday. We see that from the calendar. Wallace is asleep. Gromit goes to get the mail and sees one letter for him. And it's a little card that plays happy birthday. Wallace rings for his breakfast, but Gromit sends him down uh, to the breakfast table with one of his inventions. So uh, we mentioned that Wallace is an inventor. Uh, he's an inventor kind of in the Rube Goldberg uh, yes. style. His inventions are very kind of outsized and kooky. And for example, this breakfast uh, invention, it tilts his bed completely up and shoots him through a hole in the floor uh, where he falls into his own pants. Uh, so it's very <laughs> and like the bed sheets don't fall. He doesn't hit like, no, with, you know, the, his crotch doesn't get hurt really. Like, you know, it's a cartoon. Don't look for yeah. realism. One of my favorite little touches is that he has an invention that sort of assembles his shirt for him. Um, yeah. It pops on the sleeves and then the sweater and tie as like its own unit. Um, I think that's very cute. I cannot like get over that. Even to this day, the idea that ha to have like your seat sleeves be separate and then like you yes. have like this thing that goes over. It. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like your sleeves would just no. fall down and come out. But as a kid, just I, I would just want to watch these inventions like the, the uh, this morning routine like over and over and over again we should note now that um they have a model train set that's running around the house on the floor um yeah. so that's Chekhov's model train set keep that in mind for later but it doesn't it's not necessarily like shown in a very obvious sense like this is going to come into play later no that's it, true. It's, that's... it's it's a pretty big surprise 
the first time when it came back, comes back into play. I mean, even rewatching it for like the, I don't know how 50th time or something like it's pretty, it's just so damn impressive um, how that, how they kind of end this short film. It's, it's yeah. More films should be 30 minutes. We're all of them. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, the newspaper that Gromit is reading has a headline. I just thought this was another fun little reference. Moon yeah. Cheese shares sore, uh, which is again is a reference to the one where they go to the moon. Yep. So Wallace notes that all of the mail is bills and that they will have to economize. He checks his piggy bank uh, and his piggy bank is hidden in a safe beneath a painting of a piggy bank. Again, very cute. There's just so many uh, little details like that in this film that are just so cute and they didn't have to be there. Uh, yeah. But Nick Park put them in and they just put a smile on my face every Could, time. Maybe, maybe now's a good time to, to talk about this. One thing I wanted to ask you is this is pretty geared towards kids. I would say, I mean, it's very kid friendly. If, if it's not necessarily geared towards them, it's very front kid friendly, but it, I find that this is so much less like obvious about how it appeals to kids and how it tries to be cute than like so much American made stuff. And, and, and then I guess now that I say that out loud, maybe the, maybe the reason is because it isn't, it wasn't made for kids, but I like, don't think it was made for kids because I'm sure kids don't really care about how Wallace can't pay his bills. That's true. I mean, for the first like 20 to 30 times I saw this as a kid, I did not understand the word prevaricating. <laughs> yeah, I could see why. You know, you know, it probably took me till today <laughs> to figure it out. But yeah, I don't know. It's just there, there are these like really cute, cute things that I remember being totally enamored with as a kid. So whether it was made for me or not, I was so engaged in this. And I found, you know, I, I love trains as a kid. Like, so I was into the model trains. I was definitely playing with model trains at the time. And like, just even, yeah, the little attention to details, like the, the you know, a, a kid like me at six, seven years old catches the joke of a piggy bank being hid behind a painting of a piggy bank. And that's what I mean. There's like, there's something subtle about a joke like that. Whereas sure. I just feel like a, something like made more by like a, an American, you know, I think it's just Nick Park's sensibilities, really, at the end of the day. And I think part of it is, I think I found all those things just as delightful today as when I first saw it when I was seven, eight years old. Yeah, Um, same. I think that's a really good sign that it it does equally appeal to kids and adults. And I think the idea that kids don't necessarily even need to fully understand the plot to like get a lot out of this. Right. You don't need to know that he's running out of money for his bills, like to understand the rest of the plot. It's and just I a, didn't. And I, you did. I, I did not understand that. For and a you long did time. not care. No, I did not. Um. So Wallace gives Gromit his first birthday present, uh, which comes via the train on the floor. Um, and it is a new leash and collar. And the collar is covered in spikes. Uh, and this is much to Gromit's chagrin. We should say. Um, he hates it. He hates it. This is very, and I like that you kind of get to know Gromit immediately within like the first couple minutes here because he's up first. He's the one making breakfast. It's his birthday and he has to kind of remind Wallace uh, with the calendar. Um, And then you can just tell how turned off he is by this like dog gift. Um, He's basically Wallace's owner taking care of him. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, So um, I love that Wallace tells him, you look like somebody owns you now. 
Yeah. Uh, which Gromit does not like. Yep. So Wallace shows Gromit his next present, uh, the eponymous incorrect pants. <laughs> I, I could not help myself. I've had the phrase the incorrect pants in my head for days. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's such a terrible name for this short film, if that was it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these are self-walking robotic pants. Uh, Wallace says that they're ex-NASA techno trousers. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea that like, somehow Wallace is able to get ex-NASA gear um, and that NASA would have ever built anything like this. I've, I've, this is another line where I definitely did, didn't pick this up the first like 20 times watching it. Like my brothers and I would quote this. We'd be like, ex-NASA, fantastic for walkies. <laughs> like <laughs> without knowing anything that he's saying. <laughs> I didn't know he was saying ex-NASA until probably like high school. Yeah, ex-NASA, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we find out that Wallace only got the pants so that the pants can walk Gromit instead of him. So he sends Gromit out for a walk, um, but Gromit quickly outsmarts, outsmarts the trousers and just ties a dog toy to it, um, yep. like a stuffed dog. Uh, Wallace is going through his bills, and he decides to rent a room to make extra money. Um, so he puts a little sign in the window. That's Gromit's- when he says the name. The, he's like, oh, it's no use prevaricating about the bush. <laughs> Yes, like yes. Such a, I love that line so much. <laughs> um, so tell us about who we meet next. This is Feathers McGraw, who we, you know, we don't know them by name. Uh, this is a very, very cute short penguin that does not speak at all and is probably well, my favorite thing about this short film. You say cute, but I think they do such an incredible job of characterization that he's oh, actually yeah. very- He's very menacing, really. He's, he's very menacing, and it's and it's and that was what's so damn charming about this is it's it's in like stark contrast to kind of how cute he looks. Yeah, but like exactly. the, the 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 film does, you know, doesn't try to it, it sets off immediately to make you suspicious of this character, and it, they use music mostly for that. But like the this penguin enters to rent the room, and he and Gromit immediately have a stare down, and. It, like you know, the music swells or something like that. Like, you know, already this guy's bad news, which it is reminds great. Me, it reminds me of um in the Simpsons, Lisa Simpson and the baby with one eyebrow. That oh, yeah. Yeah. And every yeah. time they see each other, it's just this stare down. It's yeah. it's exactly like that. That's a great comparison. Yeah. Um. So Feathers goes upstairs and Wallace is like showing the extra room and <laughs> Feathers just like ignores it completely. And walks to the other room, enters which is Gromit's room, and just makes himself at home. Such an <laughs> asshole! Like clearly, just already, you're like, I, and it's so funny. Like I remember as a kid, being like, "That's Gromit's room. You can't do that." I mean, and, and it's perfect for kids too because you're like, I mean, if you're you and I are both one of multiple children, and it's like our brothers like fucking with our shit, like not cool. You know, having your stay own out of space, my room, like yeah, your own space when you're that age is it's the only thing you have basically besides your possession. So yeah, yeah this touches a nerve. Oh, I remember yeah. being pissed off when I was a kid. And I, I was pissed off earlier this morning. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you can't go in there. There's Gromit's room. But yeah, so Wallace does not know how to tell him that it's Gromit's room. And so it doesn't really try. Um, kind of just He's like, like uh, there's no pets. Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> the, the penguin just doesn't say anything. So he just caves completely. And this is the beginning of um, Feathers' like 
and Grummet's, uh, and you know, antagonistic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So Wallace and Grummet are now, can we cut to them fixing up a spare room to be the spare room to be Grummet's new bedroom. And Grummet is kind of learning more about how the techno trousers work and like reads the manual, gets them to kind of like walk on the ceiling. And, and which is great because you start seeing what this thing's capable of. And it's more than just walking around. And that becomes important. And I feel again, I feel like this movie does such a good job, like visual cues and things like even as a child, I was able to tell like these trousers are going to come into a greater importance. And also it puts Wallace and Grummet, or I'm sorry, not Wallace. It puts Gromit and Feathers kind of on the same playing field because uh, we get this instance of Gromit kind of figuring out the trousers. So then later when uh, Feathers is able to kind of manipulate the trousers too, um, they're good rivals. It makes them good rivals that they can kind of both do this thing. Yeah. And this is, you know, Gromit and Feathers have another stare down, which, you know, again, some music swells and clearly you're just like really suspicious of this guy. And the first night he is unable to sleep because he's kept awake by the, uh, feather, the music that Feathers is playing in his room. What is this? What's the name of the music again? How do you pronounce a it? Like a calliope. Calliope. Like, like almost like um like circus um carnival music. Like do 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 do. Oh, like, like the it's the it's like an, an almost like organ like, but it's got like yeah, an air. It's like a very do do do. Yeah. Kind of, okay. Yeah, that's the kind of music he's playing. Not not exclusively, but a lot of it. It's super annoying. I, it it's would drive very, me nuts. It's very um, And because he cannot get comfortable and he's kept awake, he is kind of forced to sleep in the doghouse, which is funny that they, they have one, but clearly he does not sleep in it. Um, uh, it but I like that it's still decorated with things that he might need, like an alarm clock and a brush. Yeah. And- calendar and things like that it's nice but you can also tell like in this kind of moment and then uh, one that comes up very soon that like this is not where he typically sleeps and you feel bad for him yeah and my my perspective is like it sounds like it's you know it's also obvious now as like a 33 year old watching this but like you know as a as a kid i mean you really get a sense for this movie just does such a great job with helping you showing you how to feel without telling you how to feel it doesn't ever ruin the tone and the tone being the underlying tone of like this is a claymation we're gonna have fun here yeah Um, but it can still have serious and or suspenseful moments and it doesn't it doesn't clash in the way you think it might yes exactly yeah and and so he sees feathers coming home while he's kind of still out in the dog the dog house at night um which means feathers left his music on while he was gone which is just such a dick move. That's that's something yeah. I definitely did not pick up on until when I got older. You know, uh, it, horrible is how much of a dick this guy is. Uh, and then Grummet starts to cry, which is really sad. Which again, it goes to exactly what you were saying. Like this is a silly, over the top thing. But like I actually, even today when I watched this, I felt something for Grummet when I. Oh saw yeah, him. yeah. Me and Miranda too, especially Miranda. She was just like, it's like hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the next day, I mean, really feathers just is rubbing salt in the wound because he is doing all of the things for the daily things for Wallace that Grummet would typically do. He like puts on Wallace's slippers, gets the paper and Wallace is like completely falling for it. It's like, what a, what a great house guest we've got. Here's um, to pay. He calls him a paying guest. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And I, there's a little like moment here where Wallace is drying his hair, but he has no hair. So it's just the, his ears and his head are just flapping around like, because 
Yes. I can't, you know. Um, and so like, I think it's that later that night, and this is the next night, Gromit sees kind of like the silhouette in the house of Wallace and Feather splitting a bottle of wine and some cheese, which is like, that's the last straw at this point. And now as a huge fan of wine and cheese, you know, can't say I was when I was six, but now that's just not cool. And yeah, he's like, here's to paying guests. <laughs> which I don't know why, but I think that toast is so stupid. Yet it is. Funny. I love it. It's, I love it. Yeah. And so Gromit, Gromit decides to leave. He packs his bone, a brush, an alarm clock, you know, in a typical um, wrap it bindle. up, put it around a stick. I don't know what, what you call that. A bindle. A bindle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't hear you the first time. Yeah. And as he leaves, Feathers kind of notices this and he's like, now it's time to get my plan into action. He goes to grab one of Gromit's books, Electronics for Dogs, and armed with a drill and a very like, you know, uh, foreboding shot. It's um, like, yeah, lightning like lightning strikes, strikes evil music plays, and he starts uh, to modify the techno trousers. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, what should happen the next morning? But Wallace wakes up, and instead of falling into his normal trousers, this morning he falls into the wrong pants. <laughs> Are you just going to not say it ever? They're, they're the wrong trousers, everyone. He falls <laughs> into the wrong trousers. Yeah. Uh, the controls have been removed, and Feathers walks Wallace around the neighborhood. Uh, Wallace keeps thinking that it's Gromit doing all of this. Uh, he hasn't really even noticed that Gromit is gone. But uh, Feathers is basically making him like leap all around, walk all around, and Wallace is kind of freaking out. While this is happening, uh, Gromit sees a wanted poster with Feathers as a chicken. Uh, and this is another great touch. He just has a red glove stuck to his head. <clears throat> yes. That's his disguise as a chicken. I love it. And that great. pays off a lot later. <laughs> yes. Um, he finds Wallace, who tells him it's the wrong trousers, uh, it's the incorrect pants, and to help him. Uh, and while, or I'm sorry, Gromit noticed that Feathers has the control to the trousers. Um, so tired from being kidnapped by his bionic pants, Wallace falls asleep with the trousers still on in his bed. Um, and what does Gromit notice? He notices Feathers walking by, and yeah. he follows him. Very stealthily. Uh, Feathers is very clearly doing some recon. He's kind of in this like alleyway. He's looking up at this building and he's he's got this tape measure with him. And he is. And so and meanwhile, Gromit is hiding inside a box like Solid Snake and kind of big Solid Snake energy. Yeah. And then kind of like follow, follows him down the the alleyway and he cuts these like Gromit sized eye size holes in the box to, to spy on him, which is very cute. And he when he's he's watching feather what he's watching feathers do and this I this is so cool <laughs> feathers uses his tape measure he kind of raises it up and he uses it to grab onto a windowsill and bring himself up which you know doesn't physically make any sense but it's there, su it's super cool there is something and I think maybe the Batman the animated series had something to do with this there is the idea of just like shooting a grappling hook. And being able to like zip up through a building that I can't tell you as a child how much I wanted it to be real. Oh my still, God, yes. Like the Batman and the animated series like hand-sized grappling hook device he had, I thought was the coolest thing in the universe. I couldn't agree more. And it was so crushing. Like when I found out that 
the way I found out that that wasn't really a thing was when I started thinking about, wait a second, how does all of that rope fit in that tiny handheld thing? Shh, don't think about it too hard. I know, and then I, but I did, and that really killed it for me. But yes, the idea of being able to just kind of, you know, readily and, you know, safely grapple from place to place, uh, super big D squirts. Oh, huge D squirts. And so then Feathers kind of measures like a, a, a window, uh, up top and then he uses the thing to to get down and so he like the tape measure kind of is on the on the sill itself and he just kind of you know falls to the ground and then sucks the thing back up to him second um thing we in a row that we've done with a tape measure tape measure you're right i didn't yeah. even think about that yeah i didn't until just now who is the worst character uh justin long's character in barbarian or feathers mcgraw in this i would say justin long's character based on what we know <laughs> Based on what we know, it's implied here that Feathers has shot to death people at least once or twice before, I would say. (laughs) He's not wanted for murder, is he? Uh, We don't know that. I mean, he clearly has no problem getting rid of uh, evidence, but we'll get to that. Right, you're right. And witnesses. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So we get home. What happens at home? So uh, another really cute detail. Oh, right. I forgot Uh, about the box. Oh, go on about the box. Well, just the, the the box ends up being a dog food box that has Grummet's eyes in it. So right as Feathers is kind of leaving the scene, he's he looks directly at Grummet spying on him, but is not does not suspect anything because Grummet happens to have cut eyes in the exact same spot that there are eyes in a drawing of a dog on the box. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, another cute thing that happens is once they get home, uh, Gromit's dog door has been replaced with a penguin shaped door, uh, which I think is hilarious. Yes. Um, now Gromit's room is covered with fish wallpaper instead of bones. Um, and Gromit is searching around his old room when he discovers Feather's plans, which is to steal a diamond, the blue diamond from an exhibit at the local museum. Um, so Feathers kind of has all of his heist plans laying out. Um, so he hides under Wallace, who is still in bed sleeping, while Feathers enacts his plan. Um, Wallace is, as we said, asleep in the trousers. He does not wake up. Um, Gromit tries to chase behind him, but also gets caught in the wrong trousers uh, and gets a glob of jelly to the face. Um, he is in Wallace's bed. The bed device kicks in. And yeah, he winds up in the wrong trousers himself, silly dog. Well, it, wait, is he, he's not in the actual wrong trousers. He's just, no, in, but he, gr- he he's in, in Wallace's pants. He is in incorrect pants. He, he is, is in, also see, in wrong that, that was the time to say incorrect yeah. pants to distinguish from the wrong trousers. I just that think it's difficult. That, I just think it's funny that I, this is a thing I never noticed as a kid, but I noticed watching it now. Like, oh, he's in the wrong trousers too. Ha yeah. that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Feathers now in his disguise, he's put on his little uh, red uh, glove to look like a chicken takes the sleeping Wallace to the museum to steal the diamond. Um, So there's kind of a sequence that we're not going to describe all of, but it's basically how they break into the museum uh, and get the diamond. It's very cool. Uh, It's very cool. What are some things you remember about it specifically? Um, I mean, I love Wallace being walked up. I mean, Wallace being asleep this whole time is just really funny uh, because he's asleep for the majority of the heist. So like Feathers puts this, red helmet on Wallace and you just assume that's for safety, but it ends up being kind of neat that it's for something else, but just Wallace being walked up the building and his like body just kind of, you know, falling behind because of gravity. And he just does not wake up. Like, I wish I could sleep like that. 
Yeah, if only. And then just and there's just little details like you know he gets to the top of the and like as he rounds the top, like you know, like the you, there's a shot of the foot which has like must have like this suction on it, right? And kind of just like the foot coming down and bringing Wallace's entire body up from kind of being the vertical surface to the horizontal surface. I think that's just yeah. really cool attention Flipping to detail around. and and then the like the clang as Wallace is walked up and into the air vent on the top of the building. Yes. Yeah. I also love when he's walking through the museum itself. If you take a look at some of the exhibits, um, you have a little caveman exhibit with uh, a bunch of cavemen with spears, but they're actually penguins. Oh. Um, and then, yeah. There's a really cute um, lion as well in there, like a stuffed lion done so, in the Wallace and Gromit style. So here's something that Miranda pointed out when we were watching today. So there is... We were talking about did he did feathers drug Wallace? I don't because think so. I she she said that. there was a, there's a billboard for like us for like sleepy time pills behind Maybe. like it, during that night sequence like while they're going to the museum. I would say if there's the billboard, that's not a coincidence, right? You'd think. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so maybe he drugged Wallace, and that's why he can sleep so well, but. That also kind of takes, you know, it's it's it works without that too because it's very cartoonish, right? I mean, exactly, yeah. Sleeping through ridiculous things happening. It really does lean into Feathers being kind of a menacing character if he did drug him. Yeah, but at the same time, one of my takeaways from this is Wallace is a real asshole. Also, Wallace is very stupid. (laughs) He's very stupid. stupid How is he an inventor? I don't know. Um, Um, But what else from the from the heist? Yeah, um, from the heist, I like the uh, like the claw game they have to play uh, with yeah. the upside down to actually grab the diamond. Um, I like that there's multiple times where the diamond almost falls. Um, I love that in heist movies, even though you kind of know that the heist is going to get pulled off. Yeah. Um, I love the little complications that they throw in there. There's that good moment where where Feathers is like, oh, shit, there's, you know, the the laser, the, the, the trip laser, and Wallace, like, he doesn't know how to get around. And then Wallace yawns and kind of moves yeah. his body, and then he just walks him, you know, past the, past the, the laser that way. Yes, um, but unfortunately, the alarm does go off. It does. So uh, Feathers with Wallace and the trousers has to escape. Um, Feathers takes the red glove off his head and Wallace hilariously realizes who it is. It's you. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) It still gets me. (laughs) Um, At home, Feathers locks Wallace in an armoire um, and about to leave with a diamond uh, when who shows up there to stop him but Gromit with a rolling pin. So funny. What uh, what happens next? Feathers immediately pulls a gun on Gromit. <laughs> I love so much. It made yes. me laugh so hard today. It makes me laugh just to think about it. It's such it's so good because despite the fact that like you know this is a clearly a bad character, um, he's or he's you know he's up to no good. Like seeing a gun, it kind of takes this to a whole this whole a whole new level, like the level of threat here. And I I think it is. Part of what's so funny about it is you just aren't expecting a gun. No. Despite the fact that he is not a good person. I just, it, it gets it me every time. Me, uh, it reminds me of The Office when Michael is at improv class and he always, he says that there's nowhere to go. Like that's the highest escalation when someone pulls out a gun. <laughs> so when all of his acting exercises, he just immediately pulls out a gun. Yeah, um, this true. is pulling out a gun correctly for tension. This that's is doing true. it right. That's right. Yeah. 
And so Grumman is surprised and, you know, Grumman immediately puts his hands up and is, you know, back to surrender. And he he's backed into the armoire with Wallace. And so locked in the armoire, Grummet hardwires the trousers himself and kind of makes them start walking. And it makes kind of like the armoire, like the, the feet break through the bottom of the armoire. And so it looks like a walking armoire. Yeah. And they get to the bedroom door and like Wallace and Grummet and the trousers all fly out. And this is... um. Wallace is not, or he's still in the trousers at this point. And we get just a really delightful chase sequence. This is what you referred to uh, before about the train coming back into play. It is like a chase, a chase sequence on a model train that is moving insanely fast. Around like a commonplace middle-class British home. Uh, Yes. that suddenly becomes way bigger than it could of possibly course. be, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. No. You know, this was fascinating as a kid is still just so damn delightful now. So yeah, Wallace is in the trousers. Feathers is on the toy train and kind of Grummet is on the toy train trying to catch up to the front. Feathers is at the front of the, of the train by the locomotive. And Wallace is just kind of like balancing on the back train. Like it's just, it's so ridiculous, but so, so great. Um, and yeah, I mean, what with probably the most notable thing that happens, there's like a couple like, you know, track switches, like tra- strategic like moves. My grummet's part and feathers is part to try to like get, you know, one up on the other person. But and eventually there's no track left and grummet has to start rapidly laying track. He finds like the spare pieces and he starts rapidly laying his own track as the train is moving, which is just, you know, it's so fun. It is. It's it's really fun to see that. That at one point Wallace says, Mind the table. Uh, and Gromit has to like, you know, go zigzag between the chairs under the table. It's very cute. What else happens during the sequence that you like? Um, I love that Feathers is actively shooting a gun at Gromit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Gromit is able to deflect bullets with the broken light fixture on his head, uh, which is insane. Yeah. But again, just the idea of a penguin with a relatively human-sized handgun um, just trying to sh- murder a dog uh, makes me laugh. Yeah. I, I can't help myself. Yep. But eventually, they they win. Um, what, what is it, the exact thing that happens? I, I think they just run out of track and, like, Feathers runs into something, right? Tra- uh, yeah, Feathers winds up, like, pulling the pin out um, to get away from them, but it yeah. winds up him in his own tiny teeny tiny little cart uh and he has nowhere left to go so he flies into a bottle yeah so yeah so grummet like hits um gets there first he like hits his head on like a, he flies off the train he um runs into like a, a cabinet and he's has a, bo- a bottle that falls into his hands and then feathers falls directly into the bottle yes. and is captured and so they take him to the zoo, the zoo which is prison <laughs> Which is prison. They take him to the police and it says the police on the outside. But yep. then we cut to uh, an external view of him in his cell and it's actually the zoo. Yep. And so now, you know, Gromit and Wallace, things are back to normal. Wallace is like way too happy and oblivious to like, he just, he, he learned nothing from this. You can tell. <laughs> no, He's no. like, all's well that ends well. That's what I always say. Well, um, he, he got the reward money for capturing feathers. So yeah. now they don't need to rent out the room anymore. They've sworn that off. Yeah. And they kind of, they have uh, cheese and crackers to celebrate as you do. As you and, do. Uh, and the trousers start, um, are in the garbage outside and they start twitching. Uh, and then they end up kind of on their own walking off into the sunset as the credits roll. You know what they say? One person's wrong trousers is another person's correct pants. 
So maybe those trousers will meet someone who who needs them. Would you want a sequel to this? I guess this kind of steps on fan fiction, but I, you know I what? Think it Actually, been fun. I would I would watch a see a trouser centric sequel. Yes, I wouldn't want a full. Trousers. Yeah, I wouldn't want a full feature. No film. Give me another thirty minutes short. Absolutely. Yeah. So what works for you? I'm gonna say almost everything. Uh, there were only a few handfuls of times uh, watching this that I was pulled out of it because I noticed um, either, uh, not, I'm not going to say poor animation quality, but I'm going to say um, changes in animation quality from frame huh. to frame. Can you give Here, me an example? Yeah, like there'll be certain shots or frames where uh, the actual surface uh, will look like rougher or less smooth. Like, oh, yeah. Like on the models. Like you can almost see um, a finger, someone's finger. Yeah, exactly that. Yes, exactly that. Um, and I know this is such a minor nitpick, but I think almost everything else works. So I guess I'm getting into what doesn't work. Um, sure. But that's really my only nitpick. I think everything else works. I love the humor. I love the characters. I love the animation, except for these very rare instances where things look a little askew. Yeah. Um, I love the soundtrack. I love the sense of humor. I think the direction is great. Um, also, we should note that Wallace speaks, but Gromit and Feathers don't. And a lot of this short is actually completely silent, except for sound effects. It was just so great. And it's still hilarious. It's still funny. It doesn't need to be drowning in a lot of spoken verbal back and forth. Yeah. Um, what about you? You make a good point about um, nitpicking the animation quality, but I actually had nothing written down um, for what doesn't work. I To me, everything works about it. This is like, I'm not going to say it's perfect. Just it, it, it's, it's just because, you know, like when I, when I rate movies and such, like if I give it like a four and a half out of five, if I'm only using 0.5 increments, like that's a fucking incredible movie to me. The only thing, the re- thing that gives it a five over that is if it has like some extra special significance to me. Um, yeah. So in a way, I mean, and that's kind of what this is like, what I rank this among my favorite films and short films i mean favorite short films yes but like favorite works of film ever no but there's nothing wrong with it to me like it, it's just it's basically flawless um you as flawless as, you, as it can be yeah you couldn't really add or take out anything it's kind of perfect that way yeah i i love it very much and yeah we pointed out everything kind of what works through during it and i echo what you said um just a few moments ago but yeah it's just, it's so, it's so charming. It's delightful. Um, it's funny. I love the animation. I love, love me some stop motion animation. And this and is, that's, this does it so well. That's the other thing too, even though this is what 94. Or so this is significantly older than a lot of things we've covered, especially lately. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this holds up. Like you could tell me this was made a year ago and I would still believe you. Yep. Um, I would think maybe it was a more student project, but still. Sure. Um, it's really just these, I'm very much nitpicking. It's these very tiny moments, um, in the animation where just like one frame will look kind of weird. And yeah. that's kind of what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would this look like as a video game? Do you think? So I'm always torn. I always have like an urge. Um, like one, one part of my brain is telling me like, okay, what is like the most realistic way this would actually take shape? And oftentimes like, it's a 2d side scroller, but that's not what I'm going to go with. Like I, I, what I think that this would end up being is like, well, I should preface by saying telltale actually made a game for Wallace and Gromit. I did. I found that out like 10 minutes before we started recording. Oh, really? Um, 
I didn't look look into it much, but I guess Telltale did do something. But I, I initially envisioned this as like a PS1 era side scrolling platformer, like with like 3D backgrounds and like 3D ish sprites and such. And but here's what it, that, that's just kind of like what I would imagine would have happened around the time this came out, right? Because this came out like a year before PlayStation came out. Yeah. And but here's what I want: I want a non-violent stealth game, like a oh, PS. Man. PS2 era or like like you know late 2000s early or like late 90s early 2000s like yeah it's like a, a a third person like you're grummet the entire time and like one of them is just like you have to like make breakfast like but it's not like stealth like you got to take people out it's like you have to like make breakfast without waking Wallace up things like that and like uh, there're like a bunch of missions we have to spy on feathers while he's in the house to see what he's doing and what he's up to and kind of like gather that. clues and then like, fo- you know, follow him when he's left, follow him to the museum, kind of like maybe you get locked in the museum. You have to escape the museum without like tripping any wires or alerting any security guards. I and like then that. I don't really know how the end of it would play out because it's very confrontational. And like, you know, I don't know how you, you, you do the end sequence as a, as a stealth game, but I guess, you know, there's some liberties you can take. I suppose. How about you? Um- I was thinking um, if we move this up like by two years, so we get the Nintendo 64, perfect 3D platformer um, using the, the wrong trousers as like the main traversal method, but you could have different powers based on who was in the trousers, whether it's Feathers or Wallace or Gromit, like each of them would imbue the trousers with different abilities or movement abilities. Okay. Um, the other thing that I was thinking <clears throat> was basically also a 2D uh, side scroller, but I'm going to go with, let's say it came out in 96, 96. We definitely have ourselves a 3D platformer. Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, do we want to live in this world? Sure. Yeah. I would, I want to try Wensleydale cheese. <laughs> even though, even though you don't have to be in this world to do it. Would we be claymation if we were in this world? Oh my god, I hope so. Then yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like in um, you've seen Doctor Strange too, right? Yeah, where they're going through all the multiverses, and there's like a multiverse where they're made of paint. Yeah, yeah. There could be there could be the claymation multiverse. We could be I, in it. I would love to be claymation. Yeah, I'd love to be cartoony, where like yeah. I could like fall from a tall building and not be hurt. Though maybe in the in the universe of this game, this uh, film, you, you would die. Let's say let's say that we we do enter the world of Wallace and Gromit. Let's say we're their neighbors. Uh, what do we do? What do we do in this world? Now, man, give me that short film. You would need neighbors of Wallace, <laughs> and, Gromit. With Wallace and Gromit. Oh my goodness! Uh, go, like, well, uh, first of all, I would like want like be best friends with Gromit, but I would hate Wallace. Like, I would never want him around, but I would definitely use him for cheese and wine because he would, would use- he would definitely invite us over all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I already forgot your original question. What would you like? What would we do? What would our lives be? Wallace is an inventor. Gromit's a dog. Oh, man. I feel like we would probably or at least I would be working a very boring like company job and I would just be I would want to come home and just drink wine all the time. And I'd probably talk to Wallace about cheese. I would work in like a cheese factory and that's why Wallace would never leave me alone. Oh, yeah. He he really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but speaking of home homegrown fan fiction, which I guess that was, uh, yeah. did you find any real fan fiction? I found two things and they were both stupid. Um, yeah, what did you find? one was just called Feathers McGraw. It's it's just like what he's thinking during the events of 
some of the the short film just like his plan to like pit Gromit and Wallace against each other sort of or to just like get rid of Gromit it's it's just it's like this narration of what he'd be thinking it's like I don't know I'm not a person who sees a lot of like films and I'm just like I wonder what that character's thinking I wish we found out more about what they're thinking yeah. and someone writes about that and then this other dumb one was called the London Marathon it's called Wallace and Gromit the London Marathon it's just like this one shot it's like super super short it's just like wallace is like eating cheese and crackers and like they're watching the london marathon that's our that's that's coming up and they find out that feathers mcgraw is running it and then like <laughs> wallace and wendy so i guess it's not totally wrong trousers era um wendy i think is a character from curse of the were rabbit yeah she is the love um, interest right yeah um and they just like run the marathon and it's stupid it's just really it's really dumb um but there, there was a bunch of other Wallace and Gromit fan fiction but it was all mostly were rabbit stuff or um a matter of loaf and death stuff um I found one or actually a series where oh. it, Wallace and Gromit shorts but they're replaced by Peter and Brian from Family Guy did you see these no that's clever Okay, so there, there's one based off the wrong trousers, and it's called Peter and Brian in There's a Criminal in My House, um, <laughs> which is not a bad name for it. But yeah. uh, I, so I read more of this than I do for most fan fiction because it's, it's supposed to be like a Family Guy script spoofing the wrong trousers. So it's also the wrong trousers. It's kind of an interesting experiment, but I would say it doesn't work. Hmm. So I'm going to read a brief passage to you so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I've never been this scared since the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man spread obesity in town, whispered Grandma to himself. We get a cutaway. A few years ago in town, people are running away. They're running away from the giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. The Ghostbusters, Wallace and Gromit, duh, arrive and begin firing their beams at the marshmallow fat ass. It is destroyed, but marshmallow spreads across town, and a lot of people die with fat asses, stomachs, and penises and tits, exclamation point. Who this is written by a 10-year-old. <laughs> Probably actually. That is exactly the type of sentence that would have been written by a 10-year-old. Try to um, be edgy. And yeah, also fat and doesn't understand what fat phobia is. This has big 10-year-old energy to it. Um yeah, but I, I pre- this is intense. <laughs> this, this, this is a masterpiece. This is yeah, it's controversial, it's, yes, but it's a masterpiece. Yes. So I, I did find that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like fan fiction should exist in the Wallace and Gromit world. Yeah. And, and not just like what we were suggesting is kind of like a sequel or, I mean, actually I would like for like a fan fiction of just like us as neighbors with Wallace and Gromit. That'd be, I that'd also be fun to write. would like a prequel called the crimes of feathers McGraw. And then just like a prequel about all of his various criminal endeavors. Do you know what, like, what do you think he did? Like, I mean, they kind of say, but like, do, do you think he's capable of like, I don't know. Do you think he would like drown a woman in a bathtub? I think if it allowed him to get away with his crimes, he would drown a woman in a bathtub. Jeez, see, I don't see. He was, I he was really chose that example because I thought maybe you would say yes. To, he was, was ready extreme. to shoot a dog point blank in the face. So I think he would have no problem drowning a woman in a bathtub. I guess, I guess so. Also, I guess I we're making know a lot of insinuations of about Feather's gender identity. We've been calling it a him, but we don't know that. Yeah, that's true. 
blame my, you know, blame the patriarchy and blame my <laughs> upbringing of just assuming every character I couldn't tell. Uh, like I just assumed every character was, uh, was a guy unless it was explicit. I'm going to blame society for leading me to believe that all murderous penguins are men. <laughs> damn. Damn it, society. Uh, you know who else hated society, right? Oh, I sure do. Uh, does his name rhyme with the Grinch? Uh, his name is the Grinch, so oh. it both rhymes with it and is it. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that was Wallace and Gromit the wrong trousers, wasn't it? It sure was. It sure was. I I, uh, I had a blast. I love this. It was absolutely delightful. Um, again, I, I got a lot of joy out of it uh, as an adult, and I got equally as much as a kid, but I think for different reasons. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to Nick Park and uh, and just the writing and animation. Yeah. So good job, guys. Yeah, I, I agree. Excellent movie. Would recommend. A- Check it out if you haven't seen it, just like The Grinch. <laughs> absolutely, just like The Grinch. What yeah. uh, What have you been up to? Uh, I haven't watched that much. I, I watched Nausicaa in the Va- of the Valley of the Wind, and I, as I told you, um, I saw that for the first time. I thought it was very good. I, I really, really liked it. Um, as we talked about, I don't think it's as good as Princess Mononoke or Castle in the Sky, but I think it's very, very good. Would love to watch it again. Probably will soon. And I saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Okay. Um, don't give me anything spoilery, but just general impressions. What did you think? I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I, I'm and I I started reading some reviews after I saw it, and I'm seeing so many reviews of people being like, "Oh, there's a big Chadwick Boseman shaped hole in this." I mean, Chad, what happened to Chadwick is like so tragic, but like, I just don't think this movie is as bad as people seem to think it is. I mean, they're, people aren't saying it's bad; they're just like, "Oh, it just really doesn't work." And it's, I mean, if anything, it's too long. But I, I think they did a really good job, kind of like adjusting after Chadwick's death. Yeah, I think I think it works well. Like I would I would say it was probably like maybe my second favorite of like the post Endgame movies. I think Shang Chi is still my favorite. I thought you were going to say it's my second favorite Black Panther movie. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, that's for sure. So, um, what is your second favorite Black Panther movie? This one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of all the Black Panther movies, um, I'm uh, over halfway done with Whole Cake Island. Nice, which is is really fun. And as I kind of told you, is probably it's it might be like my well, I guess it's my fourth favorite One Piece arc. Maybe maybe third. Yeah, I I really like it. I I I think that like a lot of like the average One Piece fan would probably disagree with me in saying that I think I think it might be better than Dress Rosa for certain reasons. It. I don't know what it is. I, I just I found Dress Rosa to just drag more. And even though both of them are kind of around the same length, this arc feels not as long. I think Dress Rosa uh, goes more for high stakes. I think Whole Cake Island, there are definitely stakes, but I think it goes more for like a sense of fun and a sense of like Whole Cake Island, things are just fucking off the wall. Like yeah. things are in a way that they weren't in Dressrosa. And even when things get serious, like, I mean, there are like characters that are very silly, but then, you know, suddenly everyone's like, you know, we got to, the, the villains are like, we got to kill all the good guys. And you're like, oh man, this character looked kind of ridiculous before their, their devil fruit power seems a little silly, like the mochi guy, but like, he's badass. He can like see the yeah. future and shit. Like that's, it's awesome. Um, And like video game wise. Oh, I started God of War Ragnarok today. 
Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. How are you liking it so far? It's great. It, it's, it's, I mean, it starts kind of like, oh, it's very similar to the start of the first one, but it, that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's not broke. Why fix it? Right. And, but like, I'm already really enjoying the voice cast. Um, I, I don't know what else he's done. I mean, I think he was in, he was in Sons of Anarchy, which is a show I didn't watch, but Thor is voiced by Ryan Hurst and Richard Schiff. If you're a Richard Schiff fan, or if you're a huge fan of the West Wing, like I am, Richard Schiff voices Odin and it's oh. unexpected. Uh, and I love it. Okay. Yeah. Not okay. and like Odin like looks like Richard Schiff, which is also <laughs> not what I expected. Um, but that's uh, that's really working for me so far. And then uh, I've been playing Hollow Knight, getting ready to do it for for this podcast. We've already yeah. said it a million oh, times. Yeah. You're right. You're well, right. We, we probably have. But I I have like fallen into doing boss rushes, which I hate, and I don't know why I keep doing them. But I'm like very close to completing one of the hardest challenges in the game. And I just, ah, it's, it's stressful and I don't know why I do it to myself. Um, but other than that, I think the only thing I'm other thing I'm playing is I'm just in the middle of a bloodborne replay. I'm always in the middle of a bloodborne replay. I'm always in the middle of some kind of souls replay. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, the deluge of video games you've been playing lately. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a deluge, but uh, definitely been into Sonic Frontiers. Um, I'm going to say if you're a Sonic fan, it's like a 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to say if you're not a Sonic fan, it's like a 7 to a 6.5 out of 10. Um, but I'm a big Sonic fan, so I'm uh, I'm into it. And then Edgar and I watched all of uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Mm. I would say about half are not worth your time. But I would say there are eight. So four, I would say not worth your time. Four, I would say are worth your time. There's two Lovecraft adaptations. Uh, one I think is brilliant. One I did not care for. Um, I messaged you about the one that I thought was brilliant. Uh, absolutely watch that one. And I, will. I would be willing to do it for the show as well. Ooh, Just throwing that out there. I like that. Um, sure. And yeah, yeah. It's really, it's very, very good. It takes um, some Lovecraftian elements that I think traditionally are very hard to depict in film that work better on the page. And I think does a good job depicting them um, in in the film medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been reading uh, more Bleach because um, I want to finish that because I know that anime is on its final arc now. So I'm still plugging along with that. Are you going to watch the anime or are you kind of no. done watching anime now? I'm kind of done watching anime now, unless it's something that really, or I'll do what I do with one piece where I'll read the manga and then fights or different scenes that I do want to see how they play out in the okay. uh, anime I'll watch. I recently rewatched uh, the fight with Mr. One, uh, Zoro and Mr. One. And yeah, that's a good one. It is a good one, but I just, I like the manga so much better. Like it hmm. just feels so much more dynamic for whatever reason to me. But. Interesting. I would be curious to hear another time, like what fights you like the way they did it in the in the anime more than the manga. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely a couple. Um, Bruno versus Luffy in the anime is is like brilliant, hmm. but that just it pops into my head. So, hmm. yeah, that's all I've been up to. Um, yeah, did we uh, did we do the thing? Talk about the Grinch? Yeah, like four times. Oh yes. 